Wagwan Popcorn, it's your girl TD Moyo, and this right here is The Roundtable, and today we're back with an exciting episode all about grace and forgiveness. I'm going to get right into it. You guys ready? Yeah. yeah. To talk up the things in them. Yeah, we ready? Yeah. yeah. Sweet one. What things that have happened in your life are you still learning to forgive? I think mine is more about if I have not spoken about it out loud or talked, confronted the situation, I haven't. I might say it, but it will still be there. I'm a confrontational person. I have to tell you that you've pissed me off. Like, I have to say it. If, I, if you don't know and you're walking around smiling, I'm just like, <laughs> like, why are you just so happy right now? That's the most frustrating thing. <laughs> so I have to discuss it. So as long as I've spoken it and discussed it with you, you might take it or not take it, but you will know that we've had this conversation. I'm telling you how I feel. And that's how I start my process of forgiveness. I, I just began, but and that's things. how you start. No, that's dope. Yeah. Hey, start. I'd love to know if there are any particular things that have happened in your life, things that you're still learning to forgive. I think something big is being church hurt, um, for coming from a Christian background, um, growing up in an environment where there's such a big expectation on you um, that you constantly feel like you have to live up to, um, and kind of breaking out of that environment where. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to live up to your expectations anymore. And in the Christian culture and the church environment, this is huge. Um, and having to forgive for, you know, I guess being attacked for being myself, you know, and sometimes not agreeing with things and saying, no, I'm not going to go with that or I don't agree with that. And it's actually okay. Um, having to forgive people that have put, you know, judgment on you and things like that. So that, that's been quite tough. I think... For me, I'm always in a state of forgiveness. And I live my life by that because I've always been so hard on myself. And I think if I'm never gonna forgive myself, then I'll never forgive other people. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I said, aren't we always in a state of forgiveness? I think we have to be doing that all the time. Like constantly, we need to be aware of forgiveness because we're never gonna be living in peace if we're not forgiving ourselves and forgiving other people. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like for me, for personal growth, it's a constant thing that I'm always aware of. Mm. That's dope. Um, before I move on, Rachel, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, um, so I suppose one large event that happened in my life and the life of my family that has been... So my father was murdered when I was nine months old. And I guess in every life stage growing up, looking at the people around me and looking at what a father does in each given situation, um, and how that relationship evolves as someone grows older. It's meant that at each stage of recognizing what was taken from me or what I lost, I suppose I've had to forgive or work to forgive the people who took that from me and to understand what that was. But also it's meant that within my faith and within my relationship with God as a father, that's also evolved. And I've had to look at, at how in some ways I've been blessed even more by having to to cling on to the Lord and how he's been a father in my life. Because I was so young when it happened, not having a father and the fact that my father was murdered, that always used to be kind of just a, a fact of my life. It took time to sort of realize, you know, the vicious intent to murder someone, you know, who my father was, you know, based on the people who were in his life and, and my mum telling me. But um, my mum forgave my father's murderers really soon after it happened. Uh, she didn't. I don't think she didn't even like sort of pursue them and make sure that people were fully prosecuted. She um, she made that choice to forgive because otherwise, in raising us, I've got three older brothers and we were all we were all under five when it happened. 
So she didn't want to be carrying that kind of um, hatred. And it was, I mean, what would be the point in that? What, what, what good would come from taking that terrible event and just breeding more anger and hatred? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, she made that decision to forgive them. And I think looking to her, because I mean, I lost a father who I never knew. She lost a, a partner, a friend, a husband, a father to her children. Um, and she forgave. And that's just always inspired me, inspired my brothers. And I think that means in every aspect of my life, if people wrong me in some way, um, I think about that. I think about how my mum did that. And then in an even larger sense, I think about how Jesus forgave mm -hmm. um, all the people who persecuted him. And then the wider message of how God forgives all of us for all the bad things we do. Off the back of what she said, like my dad made this rule in our house that um, you, ca you have to forgive each other. This is not for the wider, but like how we grew up. You have to forgive within 24 hours. That was the house rule. So me and my sister can go at it. Like my dad would let us go at it. Like he doesn't even come and say, stop fighting. He just, he just look at you like, I hope you have solved your problem after 24 hours. Like, and I remember an epic moment in my life where my sister and I actually went full blows like with each other. And the culture, the African culture is very much, you don't talk back to your elders. That's how in Nigeria, where I grew up, that's how I was trained when I moved to the UK. My mom did not remove that from the system. It was like that every day. And my sister used to take the piss and she used to get away with murder. <laughs> and I couldn't understand why I couldn't voice my opinion. And then I go to a school, I go to school in Essex and they teach you, speak your mind. And then I get home and they teach you, don't speak your mind. So I was just like, <laughs> what do I do? And at this point, my sister did something that I think it was just something so stupid and so little, but her cup was full with me. And that's because I was holding and holding and holding because I couldn't express myself at home. And that little action she did, whoop, it went into a physical fight. And my sister's never seen me like that. My dad was just looking at us like, mm, 24 hours, get over it. Like that was how like we've grown up. Next morning, my sister called me to her room and literally it was 24 hours. My dad, if he hears, it's like 48 hours and you're still not, you're still not talking to your sibling, are you mad? <laughs> like, you want us to turn this house upside down? So we just have that inbuilt thing. So it's interesting that your mom was able to forgive so quickly. Cause now like, I kind of understand why my dad is very much like, yeah, 24 hours should be over it by now. Like, mm -hmm. it's know, amazing because there is such, <laughs> it's amazing because there is such breakthrough in forgiveness. Yeah. But um, is everything forgivable? Is everything forgivable? I mean, it should be, right? It should be because Ultimately, the great example of that is God. God forgave us, so he sent his son, and then so that we can all, you know, have everlasting life, so on and so forth. But, like, you know, ultimately, like, I find it hard to forgive when someone disrespects me. You could do loads of things, but, like, if I pick up on a sense of disrespect, I just find... I, I think a whole me. That you're disrespecting me. I find it. There are certain things that I find, like you know, disrespect or like little petty things get to me. Like whereas like you could do like the biggest thing to me and I'll just be like, oh, it's fine. Well, I might blow up at you, but then like within hours, it's like you know, it's cool. It's like you know, I've forgotten about it. But see, that's the thing. There's certain things that they happen. It's like me. So it's like taking faith out of it. Like, how could you do that to me? Like, is everything forgivable? Like, taking faith out of it. I think it's, it's, it's about the effect it has on you. I, and that's what I'm learning more recently. Um, 
I had a, a really bad experience with something with someone within my industry that was taking bread off my table situation. It was quite intense. And I, I remember anytime you say her name, I'll just be like, oh, don't talk about her. Oh, I hate her. And I used to say this word, I hate her. I hate her. I, you, anyone can ask me about this person. I'd be like, oh, don't talk about this person. And I realized I went through like a very like depressed phase, like a few months, like a few months ago. And I realized, wait, all this hatred I've been speaking, all this negativity, it's not actually touching the person that I'm talking. It's, it's affecting me. It's such an internal thing. And I realized I was carrying all this thing inside me. And then now, like I called her and I said, you know what? I'm sorry, not because of the things you've done, because we know you did me dirty, but I'm sorry for carrying your name under the mud after it, because that's when I went wrong and I should have forgiven her for myself. When people may do something to us, like it affects us, but there's elements of our ego as well, which hit, which hit us. Yeah. And there's, you said there's levels to this. There's so many layers of us. And I feel like growing as a person, it's kind of like an onion. Mm. So you peel one layer and then you're like, there's another layer. You're like, oh my gosh, I've got to go even deeper now. Then there's another layer. And I feel like, yeah, people are doing stuff to us, but really they're just, hitting parts of us which are just unhealed and unsolved, mm. you know? Mm. That's how I see it. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, it doesn't justify what people do to you, yeah. but what we do afterwards and how we it's react so to them is more important as yeah. well. I feel like, you know, the, the actually holding a grudge is quite a toxic thing. Very, like, oh and it is, it eats away. Like, I mean, I remember one day thinking like, you know, I was at a grudge. I've had a few grudges, but like, you know, <laughs> but there's had a grudge, an ongoing grudge for years and years with like people, with, a few people within my industry. And I'll just think about them and I'll be angry. And I just thought to myself, do they think, I wonder if they think about me. Exactly. Like, like, they're thinking about it's me so right true. now. Or, or they're just yeah. winning. Or they're just doing their... Oh, do, and they're really winning. Yeah, like, do, that's what's do they really care how I feel right now? Like, why am yeah. I wasting, investing my energy in feeling like, you know, in feeding this negativity towards them when I could be investing in my craft or investing in the people that I love and so on and so forth. So, so is it something you could just snap out of just like that or do you reckon it's no, like I, I a process like you need to pray about in, it? In that instance, that was, that was a big ongoing thing. And also there's sometimes I find in my life, there are some areas that I don't pray about. Yeah. It's like, especially with work related stuff. Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost like I pray for the bigger picture thing so like I pray for the like, you know, I hope I get finance for my next 10 films thing. Mm -hmm. But then I don't pray about, you know, the day to day, the mechanics of it, the interaction, the, the like actual like, you know, I had an argument with that person yesterday. I don't, I don't pray about those things. I pray about more like, you know, grander strategic things yeah. rather than like, the minutia. And I feel like actually as a Christian, that's what I've had to learn is that, you know, actually you can talk to God about the dead arguments that you had with that person that you think, you know, there's, there's, there's no solution to. And so I just feel, you know, those are the gaps that I'm f filling in. You've got the bird's eye view level, but then you've also got like, you know, the steps that you need to consult with God on. Does forgiveness have to stem beyond just individuals? So like beyond just forgiving a certain person? Like, I find it really easy not to hold a grudge against people that stare at me or that say something that's potentially offensive about my face. Like, 
that doesn't annoy me. What annoys me is the system or like the culture or like the prejudice or the inequality. Mm -hmm. So like as a Christian, do you have to then forgive the flaws in the system and the inequalities as well as the individuals? I'm not a Christian. Yeah. And that doesn't mean to say that I'm not a forgiving person and I, and I have a kind of strong sense of my own moral compass and feel that I try and be a good person irrespective of a religion. So I find it very easy to forgive people on an individual basis and that's why I didn't want to like name and shame anybody earlier. But, you know, by nature my job as someone who campaigns for charities and I, you know, and I stand up to injustices and I stand up to prejudice, I find it really difficult to forgive the system and forgive the culture that is so ingrained and so wrong. Mm -hmm. How do I forgive that? But don't you feel that there's no, you can't go and find the root yeah. to the issue? I mean, ultimately, the root, the root is that we're living in a flawed world and like we are flawed people living in a flawed, but obviously I'm coming at it maybe from a Christian perspective. And even like from a, like, if you take God out of the equation, you've got people, all of us, what we've inherently got good, a good side and bad side. Like, you know, even like with, with, you know, I'll talk to like, you know, people that have never seen a church or Bible before in their life. And they recognize that, you know, they're off, we're all kind of flawed. And therefore it leads to us creating flawed systems mm -hmm. and like, you know, and feeding these flawed systems. And so ultimately when you're looking at government, the problem with government that we've got or policy and so on and so things that you might want to campaign against, mm -hmm. right? The problem that you've got with those systems is that you've got these really flawed people like feeding th this flawed system. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, and those systems are entrenched in such a way that it's almost like a, you can't knock them down. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's how, like you're taking how on can so you change? much. How do you find yeah, how the do, issue? How do you find the source of this? And yeah. if you do find the source, the source is so powerful and entrenched that you can't completely change it. But what you can, so you don't necessarily have to forgive those systems, but what you can do is that, you know, forgive people that contribute mm. to those systems. But wouldn't you say a system started from one person, person yeah. who became two people, who became three, four, five? But how do you, how do you start? The thing is that you, taking on that burden, and I think that's what I'm trying to, says about you taking on that burden of trying to forgive and find out what's what's there like who started this thing how about instead of using trying to, on the forgiveness side what about you just try and just make i always say this thing make the change that you want to see or be the change that you want to see and just from there from you every single person you connect you've connected that change and you're making change and that's that's the only way, but if and you And that's take how on you that create burden, your own system, right? You know that's I mean? how you create that's why you create a new system and a new way of doing stuff, right? So when we expect the system to work, so government for example, we we forget that it is essentially run by a bunch of humans who are flawed and are able to make mistakes, but the media or like the way that it's projected, like they can do no wrong. Like it mm. makes it really difficult for people to just bow down and say, I've made a mistake. Mm. Like, there's no room mm. for that whatsoever yeah. because we have such faith in the system to get it right first time. I think it's quite a hard question. And first of all, I think it would depend on the circumstance. My standard would have to be what 
I mean, it's a, kind of a simple thing, but what would Jesus do if, if he was put in that situation? If he was, you know, there were systems that he didn't agree with. He didn't agree with what the Pharisees were saying. He was the fulfillment of all their prophecies and he came and they didn't even recognize him. They, they killed him. His own people killed him. You know, they gave him over to the Romans to be killed. The Romans weren't even that bothered about killing him. And he still, he said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. So for me, that's my standard. Um, so if that's not forgiving a system, then I don't know what is. Mm. That's actually quite key that for they don't know what they're doing because genuinely these people that started the system don't have a clue what they're doing. And also because it's such a big thing, they don't know how it's impacting you because the layer before it gets to you is so deep that they do not even understand the impact it has on us on a, on a daily. And, um, you know, it, it's a shame, but I don't feel for you personally, I don't think you should carry that heavy, it's heavy. Because if she does something to me, it's just her. You're fighting a system. That's, it's like a million people. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, when you look at, when you look at like the way, the way government has to be done, because like, you know, we live, there's millions and millions of people. It has to be done with numbers and statistics. Mm -hmm. And so that's why every so often you get like an instance where like a government minister has passed this rule. Like take the Windrush um, scandal, for instance. They've just passed this rule and probably not even thought about those people. And then it came to the fore and they're like, oh, actually, um, um, we didn't really mean to do that. We did, and it gets really, because they don't think about the real life impact it has on people. All they have is that they have a net migration oh. target. But is that forgivable? No, no, but, it's, but it has to be. It has to be if they rectify it. Do you get what I'm saying? Because like, you know. But there are a lot of things that people haven't rectified. No, but, no, they are. They like, are. So, so in the States, the, the, the new law, the anti-abortion law, and is it Alabama? Mm. Is that forgivable? But can I ask a question? Who, who, and it's, it's important for us to know, who is the person making these laws? Who is the person passing? Because it's not just Trump. It's not one no, 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 that, 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 that had nothing to do with Trump. That was local, that was, lo that was a local um, state thing. That was a state thing. And but the, one of, no, so, but one of the things that when he first came into kind of power, that was one of the things that he did. He's pro-life, yeah, Trump is pro-life. I think to a degree, we are, we're talking about people, but I think also we're talking about grace. Mm. We're talking about extending that grace. And so mm. I'd like to throw this out. When I say grace, what comes to mind? What is grace? And how can we apply it? And should we apply it? Grace is my mum's name. <laughs> <laughs> Let's apply <my> <laughs> And so we'll apply my <laughs> mum. <laughs> uh, but I suppose ultimately for me, grace, grace is like, you know, unmerited blessing. And, and that's basically, in order to, to, to truly f forgive, you have, you have to be gracious. Mm -hmm. And so, um, because of that, the way to, by, through forgiveness, you're practicing faith, like forgiving people that are doing the unforgivable, you're practicing that grace. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's difficult for us as human beings, because it's like, what do you mean you get something that you don't deserve? I think we all have an element of grace. And, but I don't think, Oh, it's a hard one. I, for me, I've been through situations where I may have done something wrong or I may have not acted out of that usually, but I've been graced against it, if that makes sense. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I get another chance. Mm. I get another chance. How does that feel? 
Uh, it feels good. Mm. But then there's the other side of it where you're always going to get that potential of a chance. You know, and whether you choose to do better or worse than that, it, it's obviously that person. But I think at the end, like you said, we're all flawed. We're all flawed and we're all going to make mistakes. Can I ask you a know? question? Mm. And I feel like someone is, someone is asking this question through me and I want to know as well. What's the difference between grace and forgiveness? I think grace is... I think grace comes beside love. I think when I think of grace, I think of... Um, agape or, or the Christian love or, or um, unconditional love of each other that like for instance when you're when you're extending forgiveness to your the people that you care about like your family or yeah. or if people extend that towards you if you're um if you've caused someone pain and they choose to love you anyway mm -hmm. um, I think often forgiveness can be removed from a sense of relationship you can you can forgive people who don't know you yeah. and haven't personally um encountered you but or for instance i guess we talked about forgiving a system but i think grace comes with relationship so i'll post this is grace a gift or is grace offensive because to an unbeliever it might be that it might not be a gift do you know what i mean it might not be this dispensation of love yeah i think starting off with a gift is, some of us don't know that it's a gift. Um, some of us just have grace for people. And um, for me as a Christian, I understand that grace has been given to me through God. How many times have I offended God? How many times have I turned my back on him, disobeyed him, but he's continuously forgiven me. And because of that, I can extend it to someone. So I could say it's a gift, but for someone that doesn't know it's a gift, it could still be a gift, I guess, but... <laughs> Is it offensive? It's, but it's, it's still something... But can uh, yeah. it be offensive, though? Um, really, to know. you, is it offensive? I've got no clue, because, but, you know, grace to me means a completely different thing. And this is, what I, this is what I want to learn. Yeah, like, so what's what the, like, kind of, grace to me would be kind of going through life with respect and mm, understanding for each other. So, and also, like, grace to me is like, there's no ballet dancers or like, yeah. This is what I was struggling with. Cause I was like, what is the difference? Cause I, in my head, my mom would say through the grace of God. And I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> like, that's for me, I, I can't speak heavy on that word grace. I, I, I've experienced forgiveness more in my life, but I don't know if I connect with grace through my fellow human beings. No, but me you do because it's I like, don't know. I, I think you, maybe you do, like, but I ultimately for me, it's like, I'm only able to do anything that I'm able to do by the grace of God because I don't deserve, no, because I, I, like I said, it's like my undeserved, I don't deserve to be a filmmaker. Why don't you deserve it though? Because, because ultimately, if you look at like, you know, where I've come from, like, it just doesn't follow. I studied law, like even on a real human basic level, like, you know, I went to, I, I'm like an A student that went to uni, studied law. I did nothing to do with, I don't deserve to be in a, but it was God's grace that placed me where I am in my life. That's what I feel as a Christian. Do you get what I'm saying? But as a, like, as a second, for someone looking at it from an atheistic perspective, they might be like, oh, you're stupid. Like, you just 
worked hard and then you got the opportunity like how does that even make sense like do you know what I mean but to me like I I believe that you know I am able to do everything that I'm able to do because because of a higher power that is blessing me in a way that is unmerited because actually my work my conduct my imperfections as a human being doesn't deserve that level of blessing that's great and it's you it's you realizing your imperfections realizing that because I'm imperfect and the fact that I'm still in my imperfection, I still get to do this or I still get blessed with this, that is grace. Okay, so for me, I used to go to church. I stopped when I was probably about 12 because I didn't feel that connection to a higher power. Now, since I've grown up, there's, I believe in spirit, right? I'm not saying I believe in a God who is this figure who is, who is shown as a white man. I don't necessarily believe in that. I believe there's a higher power working all through us and you know, for us. But I didn't get when you said, I don't deserve that. But then I do get what you're saying because there's been moments in my life where I've reached a certain level. I'm like, wow, like how, how did I do that? There's a higher power working for me. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not just all of me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was a bit of conflict when you said, I don't deserve it. Mm. But then I do kind of get what you're saying. As though it's been predetermined what you should and shouldn't do. Like, But that's what I believe, right? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, you can't, it has been predetermined and predestined to achieve certain things. And in order, like... you also have free will. Yeah, I also have free will. I also have free will. But ultimately, like the Bible talks about predestination. The Bible talks about the fact that actually before we were born, God knew who we were. Like, do you get what I'm saying? And so really and truly, I, I as a Christian, like I said, it doesn't sit well with atheistic, it doesn't sit well with atheistic belief, beliefs, but ultimately that's what I believe. Like, and I can sit here and say that and people be like oh that doesn't even make sense that's nonsense but that's what i believe i just i feel bad that you feel like you don't deserve it because you've obviously you've worked hard and you've taken what life has thrown at you and you've you've run with it and you've made the most of it and you've gone where your talent lies do you know what it is ultimately for me it's like it's not my might it's not my human i'm not so wise i'm not so like i'm not like so powerful to have been able to achieve all of these things to have films released in the cinema to have all my films that i've made go on netflix to do all of these things it's not by my power it's like and because actually not everyone that does what I do has achieved the same level of success exactly. that I've achieved. Yeah. Like not everyone that works as hard as I do achieves the same level of success. Like the thing is, the human condition is that if you work hard, you get whatever you want. That's not always true. And that's why people get depressed. And that's why people have mental health problems. That because they just feel like, but I've done everything. Do you get what I'm saying? But when you, when you take a step back and you realize actually, you know what? I've done my bit, but then like God is taking it further for me. That's what I believe. Like, do you get what I'm saying? But not everyone is kind of, it would, it would make you not an atheist mm-hmm. if you believe that. Like, believe the same yeah, thing that I, I do as a Christian. I mean, it I'm wouldn't not, even I'm make not, sense. I'm not, I'm not an atheist. Like, I do believe that there are, there are kind of forces and I'm kind of quite spiritual. So would you say you're agnostic? Yeah. So my, my mum is a Christian, but she has never, kind of and I quite enjoy going along to church with her because I one it's a nice thing for us to do together and there's there's elements of it that I do believe in and that I have some kind of affinity with and and it's it's the community aspect of it that I get and particularly for my mum it has been such an amazing thing for her to have in her life but 
at the same time, she wouldn't ever come to me and say, you need grace in your life. Yeah. She would let me come to my own kind of, I'd be on my own journey. Yeah. Mm. I, I think for, for me, I have, I have seen that. Uh, and a lot of times we've come across arrogant as Christians. Uh, where it's like, okay, yeah, you look like a happy person, but you're going to hell. <laughs> and it's like, yo, where do we get from? How do we get from hello to you're going to hell? Um, so I think uh, we need, again, grace um, in our in our uh, attitude and um, just how we speak to people in, in general in day, our day-to-day life, uh, in our workplaces. You know, I I, I always say that um, you know, if it, yes, you're a Christian, but don't be. Don't be a donut. You know what I'm saying? But, but I, I, I think the truth, we have to be careful. I feel like there's the, there's the like human meaning of the word grace, which is yeah, just yeah. to be nice. Yeah. yeah. For real. Yeah. Yeah. No, but and, I'm, and I'm there, saying... There's the, there's the Christian meaning, which is like, you know, God's blessing you in a way that you do not deserve. Yeah, that's when, when Christians talk about grace, that's what but they I'm mean. But I'm speaking on grace in regards to our attitude the towards conduct. people. Okay. Grace. Yeah. So be I'm nice. giving someone grace. It's not just being nice to them, but giving some understanding that someone, okay, we, we have, we come from different walks of life, we have different understandings. And for me, trying to, not coming down on your level, but trying to relate to someone is mm-hmm. a form of grace. It's just wisdom, just yeah, more wisdom and being wise about how you communicate. Because my mom, she used to, she used to be the, the typical African minister that she will speak her mind. Oh my God, she will speak her mind. And I used to be like, <laughs> don't say that like but in her the way she was brought up it's it's like that for her she learned if but, you don't but, but do this I, I feel you... what we're talking about is not nothing to do with grace it's discernment is to know it's knowing when to 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 talk to, to being able to detect detect but in conversation how to communicate to people and that's mm-hmm. that's nothing that's actually not grace that's, that's, that's discernment that's but one like, could argue particularly as millennials uh, you know at the round table particularly sometimes the church or some, sometimes people of faith do not properly discern how to approach grace how to discuss grace and how to practice grace mm-hmm. and I, so i think that's also important well i think i mean going up to saying someone and saying you need grace i think the way of doing it is um, acting as Jesus did and showing people grace, grace and, yes. and showing people, I think, like what I was saying before about grace being found in relationship, I think inviting people to enter into personal relationship with God and then to experience that grace within that because in all of our interpersonal relationships, we're continuously extending grace to each other and receiving it from each other. I think telling someone you need grace, need grace. Like, yeah. the grace yeah. is already there. The grace yeah. is already provided. For so you. taking what Rachel said, if, if Asa was to show you grace, would that be offensive? Mm. Obviously it's all in how you say it. And why wouldn't would you be, be offended? Because I want to grow as a person, because my perspective is I want to grow. Mm. And I know that if I'm offended by something, or if someone hurts me in a certain way, then that's a certain unhealed part of myself. Okay. okay. So. It wouldn't offend me. Yeah, if you came to me in a certain type of way, then I'd be like, "Why are you saying it like that?" Yeah, yeah. But that's different. So that's as as um, as Ra- Rachel was saying that it's in relationship. So uh, building, I'd rather have a conversation with someone and for them to see, okay, there's a different conduct or there's something different about mm-hmm. you. What is it? What is it? And then you, you're able to. That's the it. grace of God in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's my sister, it's, let me tell you about the grace of God. <laughs> Instead of me just coming to you saying you need grace, grace yeah. let me show you grace and let. Uh, let me allow you to see the grace that you know that I'm, I'm extending. Yeah. Let me show you, and then you, 
it will push you to ask me and then we can have that conversation. And I thought we have a relationship then. So this has been Grace and Forgiveness and this right here is the round table. I'm your girl TD Moyo. Stay locked in.